Part One of Pearl. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Part One of Pearl, translated by Jesse Laidley Weston, read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist. Pearl full pleasant for princes pay to cleanly set in gold so clear from orient lands i dare to say found i never its precious peer so round so choice the pearl alway so small so smooth a shining sphere wherever i judged of jewels gay i set it singly without compere alas i lost my pearl in a bower from grass to ground i let it slide and i pine sore wounded by love's fierce power for that spotless pearl that was once my pride since then in that spot have i lingered along where it fell from my hand and with many a sigh have i mourned the joy that had cured my wrong and lifted my hope and my bliss on high yet the dart of sorrow is overstrong my heart for sadness is parched and dry yet heard i never so sweet a song as woke that still hour with its melody forsooth i have thought full many a thought of how its fairness the clay doth hide earth on a gem hast thou ruin wrought oh spotless pearl that was once my pride forth from that spot shall spices flow where such a treasure to ruin hath run white blue and red shall the blossoms blow their hues shine fairly beneath the sun the earth where my pearl now lieth low nor flower nor fruit shall for ever shun he who wisheth grass must the dead seed sow else never the wheat to the ear were won good seed i ween shall bear good fruit nor seed so seemly in vain hath died but spices fragrant shall find their root in that spotless pearl that was once my pride it chanced that i came to that spot one day whereof i tell to that bower so green twas august the year's high holiday when the corn it falleth neath sickle keen where erstwhile my pearl from my hold did stray the flowerets flourished so bright and sheen jelly-flower ginger gromwell grey with peonies blushing in between fair was that bower in summer glow yet a fairer fragrance was wafted wide from that place where she dwells as well i know that spotless pearl 
that was once my pride i clasped my hands then for sorrow cold on that spot i found me in fetters caught a doleful dirge in my heart it told though reason peace to my soul had taught i mourned my pearl that was there in hold within me doubt with doubt fast fought through comfort of christ had i fain been bold yet my will was to sorrow in bondage brought prostrate i fell on that flowery mead fragrance o'ercame me at that tide and slumber stilled me to better read of that spotless pearl that was once my pride end of poem this recording is in the public domain part two of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist from that spot my spirit sprang forth in space my body enwrapped in dream did lie my soul it had fared by god's good grace to behold adventures and marvels high i wist not whither my way to trace but cloven cliffs rose before mine eye towards a forest i set my face radiant the rocks i might there descry no heart of man can conceive the light the gleaming glory that glittered there no web e'er woven by dexterous white in fashion i ween was half so fair girdled about was all the down with crystal cliffs so clear of hue bright woods and holts the hill did crown their bowls as azure as indian blue as burnished silver they floated down the leaves that a quivering shadow threw when the gleam of the glades was against them thrown with shimmering sheen they shone anew and the gravel all that the ground o'erlay was of orient pearl beyond compare the sun's own beams waxed pale alway beholding that fashion so wondrous fair the fashioning of those downs so bright they bade my spirit all grief forswear food to refresh me i found aright so sweet a savour of fruits was there in peace the birdlings took their flight of flaming hues great and small they were nor tall nor vile though touched aright with their mirthful music might i compare for when they sang in such sweet accord and softly beat with their wings the air naught might such rapture to heart afford as hearkening their fashion so wondrous fair in sooth twas fashioned in fairest wise that forest where fate led my feet that day 
its glory i know not to devise nor tongue of man may its praise assay but ever i walked in gladsome wise no hill so steep that my steps might stay the further i journeyed in fairer guise bloomed flowers and foliage and fruit alway hedgerows and border and rivers sheen as threads of fine gold that hillside bear i won to a water those shores between christ but the fashion thereof was fair oh the fashioning of that goodly stream the banks were fair with beryl bright swooning sweet was the water's theme a murmuring music that rang aright down in the deep as gems they gleam the stones that glow as through glass the light or e'en as the stars while the weary dream shine in the welkin in winter's night for every pebble within that pool was emerald sapphire or gem so rare and all alight was that water cool ah never was fashion half so fair end of poem this recording is in the public domain part three of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist the fashioning of the down and dale of wood and water and field so fair it bred in me bliss and it banished bale freed from distress and destroyed my care down on a sluggard streamlet's trail wandering in bliss did i thoughtful fare the further i followed that watery vale the greater the joy that constrained me there fortune dealeth as fortune still sends she solace or sorrow sore the man on whom she doth work her will of either measure hath more and more more of bliss was there in that wise than i might tell had i time alway tongue of mortal might ne'er suffice the tithe of that gladness glad to say for truly i deemed that paradise were beyond the banks of the stream that day and i hoped that the water by some device betwixt two joys as a lakelet lay beyond the brook or by glen or glade i hoped by the moat to get me o'er but the water was deep i durst not wade and longing beset me more and more more and more and yet ever more the yearning to pass that brooklet's band for if it were fair on the nearer shore far lovelier was the distant land mine eyes they hasted my feet before in search of a ford my way they scanned 
but the way had ever more woes in store the further i wandered beside the strand but for never a woe i thought to turn from a way that so fair a semblance wore then lo a new note was it mine to learn that moved my spirit ay more and more more marvels arose my soul to daze i saw beyond that streamlet fair a cliff of crystal all ablaze a glory of royal light it bare a child sat beneath those gleaming rays a gracious maiden full debonair glistening white was her robe always i knew her well i had seen her air as gleaming gold from the finer's fire so shone that light on the further shore mine eyes were fettered with fond desire and gazing i knew her more and more yet more i longed to behold her face when that gentle form i had found again such glory glad did my soul embrace as aforetime to sorrow it i was fain longing to speak with her waxed apace but for wonder from words must i needs refrain beholding her in so strange a place the marvel my spirit might well constrain then lifted she up her face so fair as ivory white mine eyes before my senses for gladness were scattered there i looked and i wondered more and more end of poem this recording is in the public domain part four of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist ah then my joy was by fear surpassed i stood stock still i durst not call mine eyes were open my lips shut fast i stood as steady as hawk in hall in hope that that vision fair might last in dread that by hap it should so befall that she i had chosen should scape my cast ere yet my speech might her flight forestall that guileless maiden of winsome grace so fair so small so seemly slight in royal array rose before my face a precious jewel with pearls bedight pearls that a king had dearly bought by grace were vouchsafed to my sight that day as down the bank her way she sought fresh as a fleur-de-lis in may her amise was glistening white methought slashed at the sides and at bare alway a broidery bright with pearls inwrought 
mine eyes ne'er beheld such fair array wide were her sleeves i wot and ween with a twofold row of pearls alight her kirtle shone with the self-same sheen with precious pearls was she all bedight with crown bedight was that gracious maid of pearls and never another stone pure white pearls on each point displayed and floreted patterns wrought thereon no fillet else on her head was laid but her hair lay softly her neck upon noble her bearing was and stayed whiter her skin than walrus bone as gold bright burnished her shining hair the waves round her shoulders lay loose and light and the sheen thereof it was e'en as fair as those precious pearls that her robe bedight bedight and broidered was every seam of the sleeves of the sides of each aperture with pearls and no other gem i ween all burnished white was that maid's vesture but a wondrous pearl of spotless gleam at her midmost breast was set so sure that the soul of man was set a dream and he sought to appraise that pearl so pure i trow that no tongue of man hath skill in wisdom's wise to declare aright how pure how clear and how spotless still was the precious pearl on her robe bedight a precious treasure all pearl bedight beyond the stream she stepped down the strand from here to greece was no heart so light as mine when that maid on the brink did stand nor aunt nor niece were so glad a sight closer betwixt us i trow the band speech did she proffer that being bright with such gesture as courtesy doth command her precious crown she doffed that morn and bowed her low as a maiden might ah well is me that i e'er were born to speak with that sweet one with pearls bedight end of poem this recording is in the public domain part five of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist o pearl i quoth with pearls bedight art thou the pearl i must sore bemoan lamenting oft through the weary night in secret sorrow i wept alone since into the grass didst slip from sight pensive forlorn am i moody grown but thou thou dost live in love and light in paradise peace where no strife is known 
what fate hath hither my jewel borne and in dole and in danger hath set me heir for since that we twain were asunder torn i have been but a joyless jeweller that jewel fair with gems agleam lifted her face with eyes of grey set on her crown of pearly beam and gravely thereafter she spake alway sir ye have sure mistook your theme and ye say that your pearl is gone astray tis safely in coffer kept i ween in this gracious garden that gleameth gay where one may linger for evermore nor loss nor sorrow draw ever near methinks thou shouldst hold it for treasure store and thou wert a gentle jeweller but jeweller gentle and thou shalt lose thy joy for a gem that hath seemed thee fair methinks thou the worser way doth choose and doth weary o'er much for but little care that which thou lost it was but a rose that blossomed and faded so all flowers fair by grace of the casket that held it close to a pearl of price hath it waxen there and thou hast called thy fate a thief although of naught hath it robbed thee e'er thou blamest the cure of thy bitter grief thou art not a grateful jeweller a jewel to me that rebuke so meet as pearls her gentle words that day i wis quoth i my blissful sweet my sore distress thou dost charm away forgiveness of thee i would fain entreat i deemed my pearl reft of life alway i will hold her fast since once more we meet and dwell with her in those groves so gay i will love my lord and his laws so good who hath brought me e'en to such bliss anear were i now with thee beyond this flood then were i a joyful jeweller jeweller quoth that gem of sheen why jest ye men so mad ye be three words hast thou spoken here i ween all unadvised forsooth the three thou knowest naught of what one may mean swifter than wit thy words they flee since thou with thine eyes this form hath seen my dwelling thou deemest this dale to be again thou sayest in this fair land wilt abide henceforth beside me here the third thou thinkest to pass this strand that may no joyful jeweller end of poem this recording is in the public domain part six of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for librivox.org by newgate novelist
i give that jeweller scanty praise who believeth that which he seeth with eye discourteous and meet for all blame his ways who deemeth our lord would speak a lie leal promise he made your life to raise though fortune doomed your flesh to die a wrong do ye read his words always who only trust what ye may descry in sooth tis a token true of pride which a righteous man doth ill beseem to believe no tale may be true and tried save that which his reason may fitting deem now arraign thyself hast thou spoken well and words such as god would from man receive thou sayest that thou in this burg wilt dwell methinks it behoves thee to first ask leave it might chance that refusal thee befell thou canst cross this stream so dost thou believe thou must seek other counsel i read thee well first shalt thou thy course in the cold clay leave forfeit the ford at paradise tree how forefather guarded full ill the stream through dreary death man his weird must dree ere christ him meet for the crossing deem dost think to doom me quoth i my sweet to mourn again as i mourned of yore to keep what i find would i now entreat must i needs forego it ere speech be o'er why should i thus both miss and meet my precious jewel dealeth sorrow sore what availeth treasure but to gar man greet if he needs must lose it in grief once more now what care i if i droop and dwine or if banished afar i weave my theme and i have no part in this pearl of mine a dole enduring such grief i deem thou deemest dole shall avail distress thus spake the maiden why dost thou so by loud lament over loss the less a greater good must man oft forego thou oughtest rather thy lot to bless and praise thy god in weal and woe anger availeth not at this stress wax not wroth if thou grief must know for though thou dost chafe as any deer with rush and wrestle and angry scream yet thou mayest not come to me anear but must needs abide till he fitting deem leave god to judge let him i decree from his path he swerveth no foot aside thy moaning no whit shall profit thee though sorrow as comrade with thee abide ask thou his blessing right speedily leaving thy strife and cease to chide his pity to prayer may the answer be and mercy her skill may make known this tide comfort he may to thy sorrow deal 
and thus shall thy loss the lighter seem for marred or maid or for woe or weal all lieth in him as he fitting deem end of poem this recording is in the public domain part seven of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist then answered i straight that demoiselle i pray that he be not wroth my lord if e'en as water springs forth from well i pour forth raving a witless word my heart with sorrow doth in me swell i put me in his misery cord rebuke me not with words so fell though i transgress oh thou child adored but comfort me kindly oh gentle maid in piteous wise think thou i on this sorrow and me hast thou comrades made who erewhile wast the source of all my bliss both hast thou been my bliss my bane yet much the greater i ween my moan since thou hast banished from field and fane i wist not whither my pearl had gone now that i see her my grief doth wane but when we parted we were at one god forbid we should now be twain who meet so seldom by stock or stone though thou canst read me such courteous read but mortal am i and my joy i miss christ mary and john help me at my need for they are the ground of all my bliss in bliss i see thee wrapped so fair and i a man who be sorrow's mate methinks it doth cause thee little care that oft i suffer both harm and hate but since in thy presence once more i fare i here beseech thee nor make debate that thou shouldst tell me nor longer spare the life thou dost early lead and late for i am well pleased that thine estate be changed to worship and weal i wis of my joy tis henceforth the entrance gate and steadfast groundwork of all my bliss fair sir may bliss thee now betide so spake that maiden of lovesome cheer thou art welcome here to walk and bide for now thy speech is to me right dear a masterful mood and o'erweening pride i tell thee are heartily hated here my lord hath no liking his folk to chide meek be the dwellers his throne anear and when in his palace thou shalt appear worship him well in all humbleness for my lord the lamb loveth i such cheer 
and he is the ground of all my bliss a blissful life thou sayest have i the manner thereof thou art fain to hear when thy pearl was lost thus grievously short was the tale of my childhood's year but my lord the lamb through his godhead high he drew me in marriage himself anear in length of days that endureth i hath he crowned me queen in blissful cheer and each beloved doth hold in fee all his heritage i am wholly his his praise his glory his worth they be the root and the groundwork of all my bliss end of poem this recording is in the public domain Part Eight of Pearl, translated by Jesse Laidley Weston, read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist. Blessed maid, quoth I, can this be true? Be not displeased if amiss I speak. Art thou the queen of the heavens blue, whose honour the whole round world doth seek? We believe in Mary from whom grace grew who bare a babe while yet maiden meek who her coronal fair may i undo save one who may higher honour seek yet for her sweetness beyond compare we call her the phoenix of araby that bird so faultless of form and fair is like to the queen of courtesy o courteous queen so that blessed one said kneeling adown with hidden face matchless mother and blissful maid blessed beginner of all our grace then she rose again and stood alway and turned to me in that space here many seekers their search may stay there is never usurper in all this place that empress she ruleth at her behest heaven earth and hell neath her sway they be and none her heritage will contest for she is the queen of courtesy the living god in his kingdom fair and royal court hath this ordering all who within those courts repair of all the realm are they queen or king yet one taketh not his brother's share each is fain of the others prospering and would wish their crown five times as fair if so they might greater honour bring but the mother of jesus our lady sweet she holdeth o'er all of us empire high and all our host do but find it meet since she is the queen of courtesy by courtesy so st paul hath said of the body of christ are we members all as arms and leg 
and trunk and head all limbs of this body ye truly call so each christian soul is numbered as a member of him who is lord of all now think were ye not full sore bestead did envy betwixt thy limbs befall though thou deck with rings thine arm and hand thy head it doth neither carp nor cry so fare we with joy a loving band to our king and our queen by courtesy then quoth i courtesy i believe and charity true dwell your ranks among yet though i fear such words may grieve methinks what thou sayest must now be wrong too high thy rank so i now conceive for queen art thou surely over young what greater honour might they achieve who in this world's strife had battled long or lived in penance their live-long days through bodily bale their bliss to buy what greater honour their meed always than thus to be crowned in courtesy End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Part nine of Pearl, translated by Jesse Laidley Weston, read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist. Too lavish that courtesy is, indeed if that be truth thou but now didst say two years didst thou wear this mortal weed god couldst thou neither please nor pray thou knewst paternoster not nor creed yet queen wast thou crowned that self-same day i may not trow so god me speed that he hath wrought in so strange a way as countess maiden it seemeth me thy name were fair upon heaven's high roll or e'en as a lady of less degree but a queen that is sure too high a goal never a bound shall god's favour know thus spake to me that maiden bright for all is truth that he ruleth so and he doeth nothing but what is right in your missal matthew doth clearly show in the gospel true of god his might how the faring of man in the world below may well be likened to heaven's delight for the kingdom of heaven is like to one who was fain of his vineyard to take the toll for the grapes were e'en to the ripening one and twas time of his labour to reach the goal the hirelings know well the vintage date the lord he ariseth betimes that day he would labourers seek for his fair estate and some he findeth with small delay 
for the price betwixt them they make debate at a penny a day they go their way they toil and they travail with labour great they cut and they carry and bind all way at undern the lord to the market goes yet men stand idle about the place why stand ye idle he asketh those know ye not of the day the goal and grace ere dawn of day were we hither one thus all together they answer brought here have we stood since rose the sun yet never a man hath our labour sought go ye to my vineyard every one so spake the lord in this wise he wrought the hire that be due when the day is run that will i pay ye and stint ye not to the vineyard they gat them and laboured there and all day the lord did new men enrol and ever anew to the vines they fare till well nigh the day had passed its goal at close of the day at even song it lacked but an hour to sunset tide yet there idle men he saw and strong with grave voice gentle he thus did chide why stand ye idle the whole day long they quoth our hiring we still abide go ye to my vineyard yeomen young and labour and do what may best betide the sun was down it had waxed full late and shadows dim o'er the world did roll he bade the labourers their hire await for the day it had fully passed its goal end of poem this recording is in the public domain Part Ten of Pearl, translated by Jesse Laidley Weston, read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist. The hour of the day doth the master know, and he calleth his steward. The time is past. Give each man the hire that to him I owe, and that no reproach upon me be cast range one and all of them in a row and give each one as he bargained fast beginning with him who standeth low to each man a penny the first as last but then the first they did thus complain saying the heat of the day we bore these have felt but one hour the stress and strain it seemeth to us we should have the more more we deserve it doth seem us so who have borne the heat of the livelong day than these who have wrought of ours scarce too yet thou makest them equal to us alway the master to answer was not slow friend what wrong have i done thee say take what is thine of the steward and go that which thou bargained for will i pay 
was not a penny a day thy hire why shouldst thou threaten and chafe thus sore more than his bargain may none desire why thinkest thou then to ask me more is it not fairer my gift so free when i deal with mine own as doth seem me due doth thine eye to evil turn willingly because i was righteous nor trickery knew and thus quoth christ shall it ever be the last shall be first so i tell ye true and the first the last so swift he be for the called be many the chosen few thus the poor in the kingdom have their share though they came but late and but little bore their labour availed them but little there but the mercy of god was so much the more more have i of joy and of bliss herein of worship high and of life's fair bloom than all the men in the world might win though in righteous payment they claim such doom twas well nigh night when i came within i won to the vineyard in twilight gloom yet my lord did his payment with me begin full payment was mine and that right soon yet to others a longer term is set they have toiled and travailed i ween of yore but naught of their hire have they touched as yet and none may they have for a year or more then out i spake and this word did say i find all reasonless thy tale god's law it is fixed and set alway else holy writ be of small avail a verse in the psalter doth clear away doubt from this point did doubt assail each one as he merits thou shalt repay thou high king whose wisdom doth never fail now hath one laboured the whole day through and thou pass to thy payment that man before then he winneth the more who the less shall do and ever the longer the less hath more end of poem this recording is in the public domain part eleven of pearl translated by jessie ledley weston read for librivox dot org by newgate novelist twixt more and less in god's kingdom free that maiden quoth is there full accord for there each man he is paid in fee or much or little be his reward our gentle chief is not niggardly whether he dealeth soft or hard as deluge from dyke his gifts they be or streams from a deep that may ne'er be stored he winneth full freedom who serveth well him who wrought us a rescue from sin i trow 
no bliss shall be ever from him withheld for the grace of god it is greater now but now thou wouldst me here checkmate in that i my penny have wrongly ta'en thou sayest in sooth i came too late such reward i may not of right attain when knewest thou mortal or soon or late who waxed so holy through prayer and pain but that he did in some wise abate the measure meet of his heavenly gain and i the oftener as years wax late do they leave the right and the wrong allow mercy and grace needs must steer them straight for the grace of god it is greater now but enough of grace have the innocent for even so soon as they see the light through the waters of baptism by consent are they brought to the vineyard in morning bright but anon their day is with darkness blent they needs must bow them to death's fell might they had wrought no wrong ere hence they went his servants the master doth pay aright they did his behest in his will did stay why should he their labour not allow and yield them freely their first day's pay is the grace of god not greater now full well we know that mankind so great was fashioned in perfect bliss to dwell but our first father forfeited our estate for the taste of an apple that pleased him well we all were doomed in that adam ate to die in dole twas of joy the knell sithen have we fared or soon or late to dwell for ever in heat of hell but the cure for our sorrow it came with speed when red blood ran on the rude i trow and winsome water in our sore need the grace of god it waxed greater now enough gushed forth from out that well blood and water from wound so wide the blood hath bought us from bale of hell from the second death doth that stream divide the water is baptism sooth to tell by the grim glaive freed from his stricken side it washeth away our guilt so fell twas adam had drowned us in death's dark tide twixt us and bliss in this whole world round never a barrier standeth now all he withdrew in that bitter stound the grace of god it was greater now end of poem this recording is in the public domain Part Twelve of Pearl, translated by Jesse Laidley Weston, read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist. Grace now any man may have, who sinneth anew, and he but repent, but with sorrow and sigh he the boon must crave, 
and abide the penance with pardon sent but reason methinks doth ever save by right abiding the innocent forsooth god never such judgment gave that any to doom all guiltless went the guilty man if of contrite heart through mercy may i with grace be dight but he in whom guile had never part as innocent he is saved by right right thus i know doth stand the case two are the men whom god saveth still the righteous man he shall see his face the harmless white he shall do his will the psalmist saith by god his grace lord who shall climb thy holy hill or dwell within thy holy place himself hath he answered as read ye will the hand that is set to no deed ill the heart that abideth pure and white his foot shall rest secure and still the innocent he is saved by right certes the righteous shall attain that goodly pile and that temple court who useth not his life in vain nor e'er to deceive his neighbour thought the righteous solomon saith plain shall with welcome fare to the king be brought his feet he doth in straight paths constrain and showeth him how god's realm be sought as one who saith lo yon isle so fair thou mayst win it and thou be valiant white but none without peril may enter there the innocent he is saved by right anent the righteous we read alway how in the psalter king david cried condemn not thy servant lord i pray for no man living is justified when to that court thou hast gone thy way where all our causes at last be tried thy right it shall profit no whit that day by proof of the words ye have here descried but he that on rude a sore death died with pierced hands whom the spear did smite grant thee to pass when thou art tried by innocence and not by right he who a right to read doth know let him look in the book and be well aware how jesus aforetime walked below and folk their bairns to his presence bear for the healing and health that from him did flow to touch the children they prayed him there the disciples were fain they should from him go through their words of blame many thence did fare but jesus thus sweetly spake his will suffer the children within my sight for such shall the kingdom of heaven fill the innocent is i safe by right end of poem 
This recording is in the public domain. Part 13 of Pearl Translated by Jesse Laidley Weston Read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist Jesus, he called the meek and mild, And said his kingdom no white might win, Save that he came as doth a child, Nor otherwise might he enter in. The harmless, the true, the undefiled, Without spot or blemish of staining sin, When they knock at that gate, they be not beguiled, Swift shall be raised of that latch the pin. There is the bliss that shall last for aye, That the jeweller thought to find for sure, When he sold his goods and his garments gay, To buy him a pearl all spotless pure. This spotless pearl that was bought so dear, The jeweller gave for it all his good, Tis like to the kingdom of heaven clear, So saith the father of field and flood. For it is flawless, a shining sphere, Without end or beginning, and blithe of mood, And free unto all that righteous were. Lo, on my breast it long hath stood, My lord the Lamb, he who shed his blood, as token of peace there hath set it sure. I read thee forsake the world's mad mood, And buy thee this pearl, so spotless pure. O spotless pearl, in pearly sheen, That bearest, quoth I, the pearl of price, Whence came thy form, thy gracious mien? Who wrought thy robe, he was full wise. Nature such beauty ne'er hath seen. Pygmalion's skill wore not such guise. Nor Aristotle, with wit so keen, Thy virtues varied might e'er devise. Thy colour passeth the lily white, Thy mien as an angel's, calm, demure. Tell me what troth, O oh, maiden bright, Hath for token that pearl so spotless pure? My spotless lamb, who makes all things meet, With whom my appointed lot shall be, Chose me as bride, though all unmeet, Long since doth seem that festivity, When I passed from your world, when men saw greet, he called me to his felicity. Come hither to me, my lemon sweet, for spot nor blemish is none in thee. Thus, dowered with beauty and dignity, he washed my robe in his blood, for sure, and crowning me fair in virginity. He decked me with spotless pearls and pure. O oh, spotless bride, who so fair doth flame, In royal array with jewels rife, Tell me, I pray, 
of this lamb the name who was fain to take thee to him as wife how above all others did win such fame as to lead with him this queenly life so many a maiden free from blame for christ hath lived in toil and strife those dear ones all hast thou set aside that marriage bond is for none set sure save but for thyself in thy virgin pride thou peerless maiden so spotless pure end of poem this recording is in the public domain part fourteen of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist spotless indeed quoth that gladsome queen unblemished am i without a blot this to maintain doth grace beseem but a peerless queen that said i not brides of the lamb in bliss serene twelve times twelve thousand by count i wot thus in apocalypse were they seen saint john he saw and he hid it not on the hill of zion that mount so fair the apostle in vision beheld them then arrayed for the wedding feast they fare to the city of new jerusalem of jerusalem will i speak the spell if thou wouldst know what he now shall be my lamb my lord my fair jewel my joy my bliss my love is he the prophet isaiah of him doth tell of his meekness speaking full piteously whom guiltless a traitor to death did sell in him was no taint of felony as a lamb to the slaughter was he brought as sheep to the shearer they led him then to all that they asked him he answered not when judged by the jews in jerusalem in jerusalem was my true love slain rent on the rood by ruffians bold our bale to bear was he ever fain he took on himself our cares so cold with blows and spitting his face they stain that erst was so comely to behold for sin he counted himself as vain though never a sin to his count were told bonds and scourging for us he bare and stretched himself on the rude's rough beam meek as a lamb did he silent fare when he suffered for us in jerusalem jerusalem jordan and galilee there john the baptist his office wrought his words with isaiah's did well agree when jesus anon for his laving sought for he spake of him this prophecy lo the lamb of god who faileth not 
but from every sin will set ye free that ye in this world have witless wrought never a sin to his count befell yet he to the guilt of all laid claim his generations what tongue can tell who suffered for us in jerusalem in jerusalem thus my true love sweet twice as a lamb was accounted there by record of prophet true and meet in such meekness and gentleness did he fare a third time as lamb we shall him greet the apocalypse here doth witness bear in the midst of the throne he hath his seat as john the apostle doth declare he opened the book and the seals he break the seven seals he hath broken them the boldest heart at that sight must quake in hell in earth in jerusalem end of poem this recording is in the public domain part fifteen of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist this lamb of jerusalem hath no stain his hue it is white beyond compare blemish or spot would ye seek in vain in that wool so shining so rich and rare thus the soul that from sin doth here refrain for that lamb is a fitting mate and fair though each day he addeth unto his train no envy doth one to the other bear yea we would that each one were waxen five the more the gladder so god me bless our love shall ever in concourse thrive our honour wax greater and never less less of bliss may we never win who bear this pearl upon our breast for they who have known no stain of sin they carry this spotless pearl as crest our bodies are wrapped cold clay within and for ruth and rue ye may find no rest but knowledge of all is ours herein and our hope is all to one death addressed the lamb doth rejoice us our care is past with him do we feed in gladsomeness full measure of honour hath first and last and no one's bliss is one whit the less lest fantasy thou shouldst deem my tale apocalypse doth the truth declare i saw quoth st john withouten fail the lamb on mount zion stand free and fair and with him were maidens a goodly tale twelve times twelve thousand 
and each one wear on her forehead the name that shall i avail to the lamb and his father she witness bear a voice from heaven i heard o'er all like streams o'erladen that run in stress or as thunderbolts mid the rocks that fall that sound i trow was never the less nevertheless though it rushed and rang and struck full loudly upon mine ear a newer note those maidens sang i wis that strain to my heart was dear as a harper harpeth the guests among so they sang that song and i needs must hear how in ringing notes a maiden young led the strain which they followed with voices clear yea e'en as they stood before god's throne with the elders grave in righteousness and the wondrous beasts who his lordship own the sound of their song was nevertheless never a man should be found so wise for all the craft that he ever knew of that song the burden to devise save they who the track of the lamb pursue for they are redeemed from earth's alloys as first fruits to god are they wholly due and like to the gentle lamb in guise are they joined unto him in union true for never a falsehood or lying boast have touched their tongue for strain or stress the bonds that bind that spotless host to their spotless lord shall ne'er be less nevertheless are my thanks quoth i my pearl if a query i still propose and be fain still thy knowledge deep to try twas christ who thee of his household chose midst dust and ashes my home have i and thou art so rich and so royal a rose thou dwellest this blissful bank anigh where life's delights thou shalt never lose oh simple of heart and of gracious tongue one wish would i fain to thee express and though i be churlish all churls among let my prayer avail me none the less end of poem this recording is in the public domain part sixteen of pearl translated by jessie laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist nevertheless i upon thee call and thou see it fitting o oh, maiden fair glorious and spotless art thou withal deny me not this piteous prayer have ye no dwelling in castle wall no manner wherein ye meet and fare 
thou speak'st of jerusalem's royal hall where david the crown as monarch wear yet by these woods it may never be in judea that city doth stand i wot beneath the moon ye from stain are free and your dwelling should be without a spot of a spotless throng thou tellest me twelve times twelve thousand a countless rout a city great so many ye be ye needs must have without a doubt fair cluster of precious jewels are ye twere ill if any should lie without yet i fare by these banks and it seemeth me no dwelling standeth here about i trow thou but lingerest here a space for the beauty nature doth here allot if thou hast elsewhere an abiding place i prithee lead me to that glad spot the spot thou speakest of in judea the fragrant fair in this wise she spake is the city to which the lamb drew near therein did he suffer for all men's sake of the old jerusalem speak we here where christ the chain of old guilt did break but the new which by god's grace shall appear the apostle john for his theme doth take thither the lamb without dusky stain hath led his folk and hath tarried not and as that flock without flaw remain so his city shall be without a spot certes we speak of cities twain nathless jerusalem both are height the meaning for thee doth i remain the city of god or of peace the sight in the first our peace was won again in pain to suffer the lamb deemed right in the other i ween peace doth hold her reign with never a check to her ceaseless might tis to that burg that we haste with speed when our flesh in clay is laid to rot their glory and bliss shall i exceed for that host that be ever without a spot o oh, spotless maiden of gentle grace thus i besought the winsome flower bring me i pray to that goodly place let me behold thy blissful bower spake that bright one whoever beholds god's face thou mayest not enter within this tower but by grace of the lamb for a little space with the sight of that city he will thee dower the outward form of that cloister clean mayst thou see but thy strength availeth not to set thy foot on its streets i ween save thou be stainless with ne'er a spot End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Part 17 of Pearl Translated by Jessie Laidley Weston 
read for LibriVox.org by Newgate Novelist. If I this city to thee unveil, then bend thou towards this streamlet's head till thou seest a hill. I, without fail, will follow beyond this river bed. I tarried not, but along the vale through leafy thickets i swiftly sped till lo the burg did my sight assail as it stood on a hill fair fashioned beyond the brook and away from me then sunbeam brighter that city shone in apocalypse may ye its fashion see as well deviseth the apostle john as john the apostle beheld with sight so saw i that city of goodly fame jerusalem new all royally dight as if from heaven but now it came the burg was of burnished gold so bright as glittering glass was it all aflame fair gems beneath it gave forth their light and pillars twelve did its groundwork frame the foundations twelve full rich they were each slab was wrought of a single stone so well doth picture that city fair in apocalypse the apostle john as john he hath named them those stones so fair after his numbering their names i knew jasper it hight the first gem there on the first foundation twas plain to view it glistened green on the lowest stair the second was held by sapphire blue a spotless chalcedony and rare gleamed on the third with purest hue the fourth was emerald glowing green sardonyx shone the fifth upon the sixth a ruby as well hath seen in apocalypse the apostle john to these john added the chrysolite the seventh gem in foundation stone the eighth the beryl so softly bright the twin-hued topaz the ninth upon the tenth it was chrysoprase's height the eleventh of jacinth fair alone then fairest as blue of ind its light the purple amethyst gleamed and shone of gleaming jasper i saw the wall as it stood those pillars twelve upon so well hath he drawn it i knew it all in apocalypse the apostle john as john had devised i saw the stair broad and steep were its steps i ween the city it stood above four square in length breadth and height was it equal seen the streets of gold as glass they were the wall of jasper with amber sheen the walls within 
they were decked full fair with every gem of ray serene and every side of this city good twelve furlongs full ere its end were one in length breadth and height it equal stood as he saw it measured the apostle john end of poem this recording is in the public domain part eighteen of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for librivox by newgate novelist as john hath written i more might see three gates had that city on every side thus twelve i reckoned in four times three and rich plates they decked each portal wide each gate was a pearl of purity a perfect pearl that shall i abide on each one the name in right degree of israel's sons might be there descried that is to say as their birthright bade the eldest was writ the first upon such light through the ways of that city played the dwellers they needed nor moon nor sun of sun nor moon had they never need for god himself was their lamp of light the lamb a lantern their steps to lead through him all that burg beamed fair and bright through wall and dwelling my glance might speed so clear was it naught might impede my sight the high throne there ye well might heed with royal apparelling all bedight as in the words of saint john i read the high god himself sat upon that throne a river swift from beneath it sped twas brighter than either sun or moon sun nor moon had so bright a ray as that flood in the fullness of its flow swift it surged through the city's way nor mud nor mire did its waters show church therein was there none alway chapel nor temple raised a row the lamb is their sacrifice night and day and god for their temple and priest they know never the gates of that burg they close to every lane may a way be won but none may enter its fair repose who beareth spot neath moon or sun for there the moon may not wax in might of substance dark she yet spots doth bear and e'en as that burg ne'er knoweth night what need for the moon on her course to fare and to measure herself with that goodly light that beyond the river shineth there the planets they be in too poor a plight 
and the sun itself may not make compare by that water's course stand trees so fair twelve fruits of life do they bear eftsoon twelve times each year they blossom and bear and their fruit waxeth new at every moon no spirit of man neath the moon's pale rays so great a marvel might i endure as when on that berg i fixed my gaze so wondrous its fashion and fair allure i stood as still as quail a days for wonder before that vision pure the glamour so ravished me with amaze nor rest nor travail i felt for sure this i dare say in good conscience still had man in the body received that boon though old clerks for his care had spent their skill his life had been forfeit beneath the moon end of poem this recording is in the public domain part nineteen of pearl translated by jessie laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist e'en as when the moon at her full doth rise ere yet hath been lost the gleam of day so sudden i saw in a wondrous wise a fair procession that took its way this noble city of rich emprise with never summons with no delay was full of virgins in self-same guise as my sweet one in crown of pearly ray and each was in self-same fashion crowned bedecked with pearls in weeds of white on each one's breast i saw it bound that goodly pearl of fair delight they stepped all together in great delight on the golden ways by that living stream hundred thousands i ween their might and their robes did all of one fashion seem who was gladdest none might discern aright with seven horns of red golden beam the lamb before them passed all white his robes like precious pearls their gleam toward the throne on their way they pass though many they were they moved aright and thronged not but meekly as maids at mass they fared in order with great delight delight the more at his coming grew too great for tongue of man to tell the elders all when he nearer drew prostrate before the throne they fell legions of angels the summons knew incense they scattered of sweetest smell glory and gladness were raised anew and joyous songs for that jewel well the strain might smite through earth to hell that virtues 
and powers in heaven recite to love the lamb and his praise to tell therefrom did i win a great delight delight and wonder within me fought when i fain would picture that lamb so dear best was he blithest most hardly sought that ever in words i think to hear his vesture of purest white was wrought himself so gentle his glance so clear but a bleeding wound and wide methought cleft through his side his heart anear forth from that wound the blood flowed fast alas i thought who did this despite his breast of hell-fires should feel the blast ere that in such doing he found delight the lamb's delight none might doubt i ween although he were hurt and wounded sore in his countenance naught thereof was seen of glorious gladness the mien he wore i looked upon that host's fair sheen dowered with life for evermore and lo i saw there my little queen who methought stood e'en on that streamlet shore ah christ what gladness and mirth she made among her companions she shone so white the sight it urged me the stream to wade for love and longing and great delight end of poem this recording is in the public domain part twenty of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston read for LibriVox.org by newgate novelist delight it smote me through ear and eye my mortal mind was in madness cast when i saw my fair one i would be nigh though beyond the stream she were held full fast no power was there that i might descry to check me and hold ere the stream be past and if none withheld me that flood to try i would swim the rest if i drowned at last but from that council i soon was caught e'en as the water i would essay to another mood was i swiftly brought this were not fitting my prince's pay it had pleased him not myself to fling by madness spurred o'er that wondrous mere though in rushing race i would make my spring e'en as i came to that bank anear my steps to a halt i needs must bring my haste had shattered my vision sheer where my form in grief to the earth did cling there i awoke in that arbour dear there where my pearl to ground had strayed i arose and i fell in great dismay and sighing sore 
to myself i said now all shall be to that prince's pay full ill it pleased me to be outcast so suddenly from that realm so fair from that blissful vision so soon o'erpast for longing i fell a-swooning there and with rueful voice made lament full fast o oh, pearl quoth i so rich and rare fair was that vision i saw at last and dear those tidings thou didst declare and if it be true of very sooth that thou farest thus in garland gay tis well with me in this house of ruth since thou art fair to that prince's pay had i to that prince's pleasure bent and craved no more than to me was given and held me there with true intent as my pearl besought who so fair hath thriven then drawn to god's presence by his consent the veil of his mysteries had been riven but man with his bliss is ne'er content but asketh more than may well be given therefore my joy was the sooner crossed i was thrust from the realm of endless day christ they in madness their toil have lost who proffer thee aught save what be thy pay to please that prince is a task full light for the christian soul to his peace they wend for i have found him by day and night a god a lord and a faithful friend on a hill did this lot upon me light when grief for my pearl i might not amend in the blessing of christ my gem so white to god's good keeping i now commend christ who in form of bread and wine the priest shows forth to us day by day keep us as household folk of thine as precious pearls for our prince's pay amen amen end of poem this recording is in the public domain and end of pearl translated by jesse laidley weston thank you for listening